Okay. All right. Welcome back. Very happy to be back myself here with Kelly. For those that have joined us in the past, she is a, I'm a long time fan of Kelly, as you know, from the last episode. Um, we talked about weed and floating and psychedelics last time. She is a float tank aficionado like myself. I think she is a very good uh, brand ambassador for floating in general. And so that's why we support her work. And she also is in a, little, a lot of the other things I'm into, like mushrooms. And she's a mushroom enjoyer for sure. So she's a, 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 a jack of all psychedelic, holistic, uh, body positive ways. Welcome back, Kelly. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Wow, that was like, I don't know if you heard that, but that was like a very robotic, like magical hello there from you. It was like, <laughs> I don't know, it, the, the, the connection made it sound amazing. So it's fantastic to have you back. How, how was your year? Uh, how was your 2020? I know you're in California, which is like, from my perspective in Florida, it's like a tale of two cities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, California's been a trip. Um, 2020, it, it was both beautiful and absolutely awful all at the same time. Um, you know, just being up here in Northern California, I'm in a pretty good pocket where it's a healthy mix of cannabis growers, farmers, hillbillies, hippies, so it's, it's kind of, you know, it's got a healthy balance and, you know, you don't have to necessarily wear a mask every single place you go to. Um, but, you know, you're still in California <laughs> and California has sucked with the way they've managed this whole lockdown situation. Um, so, yeah, that's been, it's been a struggle to deal with, quite frankly. Um, and uh through all of that, through this whole lockdown situation, my partner and I uh, moved from a rental property where we had like a little rental farm we were toying around with. And we finally moved over to some raw land that we've been developing. So, um, you know, we put a cabin up on that and we're all off grid and that's proven to be both incredible and also it's been such a wide step outside of my comfort zone as well. So 2020 has brought a lot of changes, um, but you know, it's all awesome at the same time as it is just <laughs> shitty too. Yeah. The last time we talked, we really went through your past. So anybody that wants to hear Kelly's history needs to go back and listen to the, the last episode. We're not really going to go through that tonight. Yeah, Kelly is a big part of my account. I always used to share her work. And I don't, I guess you didn't float a lot this last year. I guess they were closed or I didn't see a lot of float posts yeah. over the past year. And I usually am reposting your work. I, like I said, I think you're a good ambassador for floating. And uh, because you, like sometimes people look at my lifestyle like, oh, well, what, what good has floating done you? You're not really <laughs> doing much. But you are one of these people who, at least on the outsides, looks like, wow, this is like the total package, holistic lifestyle, off-grid, running around naked, um, you know, just <laughs> totally free. I mean, that's the thing, though. You look like you're on acid all the time on your Instagram. I, I tell people it's not good acid. <laughs> it's not good acid unless you are, like, in the, in the second hour wanting to take your clothes off. And 
I, I was really you know, <laughs> going back in a little bit of research for this podcast. I'm, I was like, okay, well, the past, it, 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 I don't know. There's like almost, it's like a, whew, it's probably like a five to one, a close to the close off mm. to close on ratio on your, on your Instagram. So anybody that uh, uh-huh. wants to go check out Kelly's work, be, be, be warned if you're, uh, sensitive to nudity you're not going to have any anything obviously you can't see on instagram but it, you're, you're fully you're naked and, and all the pictures basically hiding everything um so yeah you've off grid gone naked in 2020 i mean that that collectively sounds about right for the you know like the the zeitgeist and like the collective oversoul that 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 feels like the push for, for everyone that can do it but you're you I, I feel like you're one of those you're one of those privileged people that uh, I just talked about the other day. Like, I, I can't shine my asshole chakra anywhere. Are you, uh, do you shine your butthole? Do you mind me asking you that? Do you, do you-, <laughs> you know, of all of the outrageous, holistic, woo-woo shit I've tried, uh, shining my asshole towards the sun has not been uh, <laughs> on my radar. <laughs> really? I thought you'd be one Maybe of the ones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you have the space to do it. My whole gripe was I, you know, I wanted to stick my ass out in the air and uh, try to, you know, cause the, the whole thought is you're not getting any sun there. It's, it's a part of, it's, it's your, it's your bottom chakra there. It's your root chakra and it's not really getting any sun. Mm-hmm. It's always clothed. It's always, you know, in darkness basically. And so you see these guys out there and they kind of living like you're living out there in the rocks and the wilderness and they're out there sunning. And I think that's a, an incredible amount of privilege to be able to have the space to do that. Cause I really thought about it and I'm like, wow, I can't, I can't, I live in a float center here, which, which is its own level of privilege, but also sacrifice, which is also what you're living. You, you have privileged life and it's also very, you, you sacrifice a lot to have that privilege. So, you know what I mean? But you're one of those few people that can go out there in the morning. I feel like and just, yeah, stick your ass out in the air for five minutes and not worry about anybody seeing you. Whereas, I mean, even here with the fence, you got, <laughs> you got neighbors with the big buildings and you know, you can't, you know, so do, I'm surprised you don't do that. Oh, well, I mean, I totally have the ability to do so. Uh, it's just that it really hasn't been on my radar too much. I, I don't know if I've put enough research into looking uh up what stimulating my root chakra with the sun could do but you know it really feels like there's something there you know there's something that i need to be researching because well i don't you know i don't you know. know i just go ahead <laughs> well as you said you know like your root chakra it's always concealed by clothing your ass cheeks all that stuff so you know there it, it probably is pretty good for it to get a little sun every now and again well, I, you know, I find, I follow a lot of guys that are, uh, that do urine therapy. Have you ever done that? I have not, but I have friends who have, yes. We're not, and I'm not talking about just bathing. I'm talking about drinking their own urine. And you'd be one of oh, those people who I would think might do that because it's, it's uh, one of those things where you really have to have a healthy lifestyle to do that. You don't want to drink McDonald's piss is what I'm saying. So you're out there in the woods yeah. doing mushrooms <laughs> naked all the time. You know, you're away from the police. <laughs> Like, what do you use to wash uh, and bathe and what kind of uh, like chemical product? What do, what do you wash? How do you, how do you take a bath? <laughs> no. um, like what are so the most healthiest products? No. Yeah, no. So I'm fortunate enough that we have a well uh, and we got our well water tested 
and it's free of all kinds of shit from fluoride, chlorine, you know, you don't have to worry about any of that, mercury. And that is actually, you know, you do have to worry about some heavy metal contaminations where I am because of the history of mining for gold here. Um, so our water is pretty good and we also had it tested for glyphosate and it's completely free of glyphosate. So for one, I'm bathing and showering in really healthy water to begin with. Two, um, people might be a little disturbed to realize that I actually don't use soap that often on my body. Uh, if I do, it's Dr. Bronner's, but I completely avoid using soap on my face. I just use soap on, you know, my pits, my nether regions occasionally. Um, and then, you know, I use Avalon, I think is the name of the shampoo company, shampoo and conditioner company I use. And I only wash my hair maybe like five times or every five days. So I'm very, um, you know, I'm, I'm very selective about what I put in and on my body. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of my baiting operation there. Less but, is more for me. Well, that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know, you know, if you're, if you're getting zestfully clean or whatnot. But uh, now it's Dr. Bronner, <laughs> Bronner's hippie's choice tonight. And that's really, every, every hardcore hippie I know is a Dr. Bronner, a Bronner's uh, enjoyer. So you are, <laughs> you're right there in there. Um, how's the Patreon going, by the way? I was a part of that for a while and I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I just couldn't afford that tier I was at. And I said, um, I think I've supported Miss Kelly enough. I'm going to take a dip out, but uh, how's the Patreon going? Well, I greatly appreciate you supporting me for one, uh, no matter how long the duration is. Uh, but the Patreon is going well. Uh, it is a great additional source of income for me. It's also proven to be a place where if Instagram kicks me off, that's probably where I'm going to move to completely. So I have that in my back pocket. Um, and, and I'm allowed to have creative expression there, which is really cool. Uh, unlike Instagram, where Instagram keeps taking down my shit. They're, uh, I mean, I, I just did a post the other day while I was down in Austin about cannabis and they pulled that post because they claimed that I was trying to sell cannabis, which yeah. I'm not. You know, it's really <laughs> strange to see what gets banned and who and how people are flagged, right? You, I'm convinced you're flagged for different things. I'm flagged because I can talk all day long about way more hardcore drugs than you can talk that you talk about, and they won't get flagged. But I can post, yeah. I can post the wrong political thing, and I'm and I'm off Instagram for you know a week. It'll take me down. So I saw that, and I'm like, damn, they really hit Kelly for the. Because you, what it is, is it's not so much what you're saying, but it's how you're influencing your audience. And that's, yeah. that, that was my perspective on yours. I'm like, well, that's not dangerous, but it is dangerous to the people that she's attracting that are seeking higher consciousness through better living, meaning exercise and eating right and all the other things. The, the bottom, the, your big thing, I think, is body positivity. I didn't get fully through the new, through, through the new, through the nude podcast. I didn't get through that one fully because I didn't know you did that one, mm. but I think it, it, it feels oh, like, yeah. it feels like nudity has become like a big part of your life. Like how did you go from being a clothed person? Cause you know, you, you, you there's a point where you're like wearing clothes all the time on Instagram to not. And so how do you go from that to where you are now? Like what, 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 what caused you to do that? Well, this is a great question. And 
to be completely honest and forthright, um, you know, it does have a lot to do with body positivity, being somebody who has had, uh, you know, been bulimic and anorexic at different stages in my life. And eventually going to clothing optional places really helped me to shed a lot of the bullshit, the remaining residual bullshit that was still within me surrounding my eating disorders and all of that. Um, so, you know, big part of me being nude online is just also to show women what like a normal, natural body looks like, uh, you know, and I've shared photos of myself with cellulite and wrinkles and all kinds of bullshit. And I just want women to see that they're, they're represented, at least, you know, women who look like me, they're represented and you don't have to be afraid of how you manifest in your meat suit. Uh, not only that too, but, uh, you know, being nude happens to draw more eyes on your shit and Instagram happens to be all about, um, stopping people's scroll and making people pause and look at your shit. Cause otherwise people are just, you know, thumbing through their feed. You're so, so right. You're so right. Uh -huh. about I wish I could do that sometimes because I would totally use that weapon. I don't have that weapon. So I don't use it, but you totally, it, right. it is, it's especially for women. I'm like, you know, men can do it too, but definitely, I guess my, my next question is uh, you've got a boyfriend that not only supports you, but you, you've sucked into the world too, because I see him also nude in the pictures with you. Oh yeah, totally. Well, you know, um, finding him was pretty kismet. Uh, he is somebody who is very comfortable with his nude body. Uh, when he was growing up, his family was very comfortable with nudity. And so he is, you know, I didn't really have to rope him into being nude at all. He's just kind of like goes with the flow and supports me and supports the mes message that I'm putting out there. So yeah, it's so, pretty cool. <laughs> it is cool that he doesn't, does he get jealous about maybe guys making comments? Well, how do you deal with the comments? Cause I know you get, I know you get the comments yeah totally i definitely get the comments but like he's pretty secure in our relationship and what we have going and he just sees the people for what they are like for one he always tells me like i if i were a dude i can't even imagine commenting and saying these things that these dudes are saying and i don't know what exactly they're hoping to get out of you know what it is that they're saying to you so he doesn't really he doesn't get jealous about any of this stuff. He kind of just finds it humorous and he enjoys reading the comments and seeing what other people are saying and poking fun at it. Well, you know, it takes a, a quite a centered person to be able to be in that space with you. And uh, so, yeah, I think you, you prove the axiom, which is your vibe attracts your tribe. You definitely are on the same frequency because oh. I don't. I don't really attract nudists into my into my reality. <laughs> I have the option to. I've just never been that kind of a guy. So maybe I'll get there one day. But I feel like there is levels to this shit. And for me, if you want to, if you want to talk about freedom, I guess I'm not totally free because if I say I'm free, well, am I free to walk around naked? No, I'm not. There's still some things. I might feel that, uh, oh, you're judging me, or I might feel I'm not, I don't look a certain way, so I'm unacceptable to society from a certain perspective. So not that I, not that I, not that I dwell on those things, but you know, like that's the level you got to be at when you're walking around nude. 
Totally. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole different level. Once you just shed all your clothes off and you allow people to see you for everything you truly are past like the designer labels or whatever style of clothing that you happen to wear. It's a, a different, it's a different level of vulnerability for sure. So I guess, are you a masker? How, how has it been being basically a nudist at this point? And then, you know, this whole upside down world like do you believe that we went through a real thing last year or do you believe in the you know somewhat of a conspiracy theory you know that's a great question um i i don't think these masks are going anywhere to be honest with you and that makes me pretty sick to my stomach to be honest um i am somebody who you know, instead of having the mask talk, like, are you pro-mask or anti-mask? How about we have a discussion on immunity and how to be healthy? Uh, the numbers that we're seeing with this quote-unquote pandemic, which I, I just cringe every time I hear it called a pandemic, because to me, this is not a pandemic. You don't see people dropping dead. And that's what I envision a pandemic to look like. Um, but you know, like, Let's have a conversation about how to be healthy, how to properly boost your immune system, uh, but we're not having that kind of conversation. Nobody in the mainstream media is talking about how to support your health so that you can prevent getting absolutely sick and blasted by this coronavirus. So, you know, I'm just somebody who wishes people would open their eyes, turn off their TV, and really focus on getting healthy instead of focusing on all this fear and all the death counts and all that bullshit. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, it's, I feel you, well, luckily, I don't think you've been fully psyopted over there because you live like, what, you live in like the Emerald Triangle, don't you? Humboldt County, something like that? No, I actually don't. Um, I live kind of near Tahoe, but um, okay. Did yeah. you still like live it's, in that area? Really cool. uh, I lived kind of near it, but no, never in that area. That area is pretty remote, and uh, <laughs> that that area isn't necessarily where I want to be. Right. Okay. Well, I was, I was just confused, but so yeah, you didn't go through the wackiness um, in of LA or San Francisco completely, but like in Florida though, it is completely opposite in a lot of ways. Like there's half the people who aren't even wearing the mask. Like I haven't really worn the mask all year long and I've felt, I've, I've, I've encountered zero resistance. Now maybe it's cause I'm a giant, giant. Well, the thing is, it's also your energy you're carrying when you're going out there. I have no fear. I'm not attracting a lot of fear-based reality around me. So there's that, but, um, it's a whole different mind state over here, mindset in Florida. I mean, I know people in California that will probably never leave their house for another three or four years. It's that they've been, they, 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 they believed it that much. But so the next thing about last year that I kind of noticed, I didn't know that you were either one way or the other, but guns. And, you know, I watched last year, prior to last year, I was, you can have your guns. I don't care about having a gun. Um, we should have tougher gun control, but I never wanted you to, you know, to give up your guns. Well, last year really turned me. I'm like, okay, now I'm pro gun. I, I haven't bought a gun. I'm, I don't think I'm going to go Russian but guy buy a gun just yet because there's no ammo if I if I did go buy one. But um, 
you know, so I, I guess you're pro gun because you were like, oh, welcome to the, you know, like the pro gun side when I made a comment on Instagram about being like, you know what, fuck this. I can't <clears throat> going forward, you know, look what happened, all these riots and you got to protect yourself. And is, are the Chinese going to land troops, you know, under the guise of the UN and, you know, that they keep trying mm -hmm. to take the, the guns away and stuff like that. So, so you, are you, I guess you're a gun owner then, right? Yes, I sure am. How many guns do you own? <laughs> That's a good question. I personally don't own any guns. It's my partner who owns guns. Mm. Uh, but we are we are well armed. <laughs> I will say that. Are you trained in using them? Uh, he is training me in using him using them. Um, we shoot every now and again in our backyard and he's training me in how to properly and safely use one as well as clean one and all the ins and outs of using a gun. Okay. Well, since I'm not much of a gun person, I won't spend too much time on this. There's so many other things primarily. Um, but, but, you know, thank you for welcoming me to the gun side. I was kind of on the fence and be like, nah, we don't, we don't really, we don't really need guns. What's the, what's the deal? We just kill and maim people with these things, but no self-defense from tyrants and tyranny is always a good thing. And also mm -hmm. rioters and looters and uh, agent provocateurs and shit like that. So moving on, totally. I've been re-exploring mushrooms lately. And uh, truthfully, I did a small lemon tech today. Uh, and I also floated twice and I smoked weed right before this podcast to be on the Kelly vibration. Because when I think of you, I think of mushrooms and floating and weed. Now, before I get into the next topic, now I've been seeing a lot of nudity on Instagram. I haven't been seeing as much weed. Now, maybe I've been missing it, but you used to be like pedal to the metal with weed. Have you backed off a of weed a little bit? What's going on with you and weed? So I absolutely do love weed. Uh, Instagram is just making it very difficult me, for me to post anything about weed on the platform. Um, that said, I had noticed within the last couple of months that my use was causing me to be a little bit retarded. Uh, <laughs> I know that's not PC to say anymore. It's okay um, on this podcast. You can say it. Okay. So yes, my use was kind of stunting my brain and causing me to just um, be a bit of a moron. Um, I would find myself stumbling over my words quite often. And as somebody who really enjoys talking and talking to people and getting across what I want to say, I was finding that it was debilitating and I was really having a difficult time expressing myself. So um, I think, what was it? Uh, maybe like a week or so ago, I stopped hitting the bong. And lo and behold, the brain fog I thought I had was just brain fog from cannabis use. So I'm dialing back my cannabis use. Um, and you know, that's not to say that cannabis is horrible or any of that stuff, but uh, the way in which I was using it 
needed to change a bit. And so, you know, like hitting the bong often, you know, throughout the day before yoga, before the gym, before trying to socialize with people, maybe wasn't the brightest thing to do. So yeah, dialed it back a bit, but I understand and fully realize that it's, it can have medicinal properties. I just needed to change my relationship with it. It's all right. We're, we're both stoners. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing is, um, see, I'm stoned right now. I, I just totally lost my fucking, fucking weed. Lost my train of thought. But no, I want to stay with the weed because I, I, know, I, I know my question is there. Okay, so here's the thing. So it's interesting you bring that up because over the past couple of weeks myself, I've been in this space of like, okay, my specific thing is you say bong. Now, now I've graduated to the bong just now this past week because my epiphany was, I'm smoking six or seven joints a day some days. That's a lot of tar. I didn't realize that at first because mm-hmm. you're thinking, oh, weed, weed, I can do no wrong. It kills cancer, bro. I can sit 10 times. I can smoke a joint and I'm killing cancer 10 times more. But no, really, you're sucking down a bunch of filterless tar. And, and, and so my thing with the mushrooms I've been doing, it's like, okay, you need to stop smoking so much weed, bro. Um, it's it's chronic cough is not cool at this age. You know, I'm too young to have a chronic cough. And it's just because I'm, like I said, so I think about Snoop Dogg. I think about you. I'm like, who are these? How are these people that smoke weed all day long making it? And so, I down. I, I made an upgrade to the water filtration of a bong, which is today it's helped me considerably. Now I did smoke a joint before this interview. I admit, but I had a question. I was going to ask you. I wanted to know. Like, I'm smoking on a on my on a peak week on a peak day. Some days close to an eighth a day. Like when you are really rocking and rolling with your weed. How much weed were you smoking? on an average? Oh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really know because we have such crazy access to cannabis that I, yeah, I don't really keep track of how much it is that we go through. That said, I wouldn't imagine that I was going through an eighth a day. Uh, So the thing with it is, is I was smoking out of a water bong because just as you were saying, it's such great filtration. And once you start, like, once your bong starts collecting all of that resin, it really hits like, oh shit, you know, if I'm going to smoke a joint, I'm really taking a lot of fucking tar to the lungs. So, uh, you know, I would probably hit the bong maybe a couple of times before yoga, uh, maybe six hours later hitting it. And then I would never hit it before bed. So like my latest I would hit it, it was maybe like three hours before bed because I didn't want it to fuck with my dreams. Oh, you have such discipline. I can, I'm like doing three, three hits, right? I'm doing a joint right before bed. Usually I'm, yeah, this, is sad. this is fucking sad. Two, two joints before bed. Probably going to do it tonight. Like an, like a real asshole. But here's my thing though. When people have been giving me weed recently, a lot of people have been giving me weed for free. I appreciate everyone. I love you. You got to help me out here. Now, when my weed runs out, which is very soon, I'm not going to spend any more money. The problem is I have a card, right? I can go anytime I want down to the dispensary drive through order. Uh, so, so you don't have to get it from a dispensary. Do you guys grow it? Yes, we do. Um, and you know, the crazy thing is, is so that post I had made, on Instagram recently about cannabis that got yanked. I was discussing how when you grow cannabis, it's really like growing a tomato plant. You know, if you ever have grown a tomato plant in your life or know somebody who has, you get so many fucking tomatoes. You just yield a lot. 
And so with cannabis, it's the same thing. Um, in, here in California, you can legally grow six plants. And so we have grown six plants. And while my partner uh, was a cannabis grower for at least six years of his life and really knew how to grow some bomb weed, uh, with how distracted we've been with the move and with you know um, developing this raw land, we hadn't really had a lot of time and effort to put into really making our weed something that's, you know, like dispensary quality. That said, with as little effort as we put into the cannabis, we yield it so much. I mean, we yield so much cannabis that we ourselves are giving cannabis away to friends and trying to figure out other ways to use it. Oh, damn, um, I need to come so live with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, do you want to start, hey, do you, do you want to start a float center in California? Well, that's funny. Um so my partner and I before we moved over to this property, the reason we were able to afford this move was because his father had passed away and had left him some money. And uh before we settled on moving to this property, we were heavily considering opening up our own float center out here uh, but we decided against it because uh, there is a pretty bomb float center near us um, it, it's great it's called revival float and it's just incredible they have nice rooms they have art by alex gray uh, miles toland who's a really powerful artist from this area is that a, uh, is so that we a just different didn't want to try to is that a different uh -huh. float center than the one you were going to before uh yes for sure okay did that other one close what, <laughs> yeah did, did have you lost any float centers around you a lot of float centers especially in the states that have been the harshest lockdowns have not made it or they've been sold off thankfully uh our float center is still open uh, they did close for quite some time and then their hours of operation have been pretty wonky so yeah i haven't been attending as oh and another thing is too is uh, where we're at, we're clearing a lot of poison oak off the land and fucking poison oak eats me up. Uh, so it's really hard to float when I'm covered in poison oak. So that's another reason I haven't been going as much as I would like but, to is just because I'm, yeah. Covered. Are you, are you doing the yard work nude? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes yes but if I know that there's a chance that I'm going to encounter poison oak I wear clothing probably not as much as I should because I still wind up with po poison oak um, but yeah so <laughs> I try to practice discretion there incredible very very free and liberating lifestyle so the main <laughs> event tonight uh, your book is safe travels an essential guide to safely journeying with psilocybin. Why, why'd you make a book? Uh, you know, after posting videos on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram, and talking about mushrooms so frequently, I've had just a lot of people reach out to me about, you name it, I've heard a question about it in regards to psilocybin. You know, how do I dose? Where do I get it? What's the best way to take it? what's set in setting. So I decided to put it all in one book, one short resource. Uh, the book's like 60 pages or whatever. I didn't want it to be like overdone and just like a bunch of word salad and word vomit. I wanted it just like short, precise, write what you need to know, 
Um, and so, yeah, I created one source where you can get everything you need to know in one place. Excellent. Yeah, I had a thanks you, by the way, for sending me a copy. I was able to, I read about half of it and then I skimmed the rest. A lot of the stuff was a lot of the stuff I'd seen over and over again in terms of like, you know, there's basic rules to set and setting that everybody kind of knows and you kind of just put it in your own words and you put your, your stories in there and your experiences, your own personal experiences. Um, so I, I thought it was a great read for somebody who's been in this world now for close to seven years. It's, you know, a lot of the like stuff you need to know. And uh, if you don't know this stuff, it is a, this is a great resource to have it all in one spot. I liked it. Um, who, who did the art on the front cover? Is that you? I wish I could say I did that. No, uh, his Instagram name is Farvra Inc. It's F-A-V-R-E Inc. I believe. He's a very awesome artist. Yeah, I liked it here. I'm gonna pull it. I'm gonna pull it back up here. But uh, mm -hmm. no, it's a yeah, it's a very quick read. It's uh, got everything you need. All the chapters are laid out very nicely. Let's see here. I'm gonna go through some of the book actually. Uh, while it's in front. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like one of the most interesting things people always ask me and you, you actually talk about it. Do you hear my voice cracking after I say it? No, not at all. Hopefully it's not recording that because every time I talk, I hear like the little bit of like cracking, but we'll see on the, on the, on the outside of the recording. But anyway, so I'm going through your book. And like I said, when I see a lot of the facts I've said read before, I would just skim through that. But when I, when I, the most interesting part for me was your personal takes, your stories, your anecdotes, uh, one of the most common questions I get is, how do you get mushrooms? And you're very good about, you know, walking the legal line when you talk about these things, which is good to do. Um, but it's basically, you end up with, with the same basic, what I tell people, which is they find you when you're ready. Um, whether, whether you learn to grow them or somebody gives them to you, or you find them in a field somewhere and you know what they look like. But I'm just like you. I am against going out into the wild and trying to DIY it that way. I don't trust my ability to not pick a poisonous one. So that's great advice. Like that's what I mean by uh, just looking at it here and uh, you know, the dosing, my, my theory on dosing, and I didn't, I don't know if I fully read your, your, your take on it, but my theory on dosing, especially with mushrooms is I lay an amount on the table and I say, you take and eat as much as you feel is necessary because the mushrooms kind of have told me, and, and this just made me my own mind telling me this, but I feel it was the mushroom talking and saying that the mushroom kind of controls the dose. Um, and so I can kind of put, I, I, I just put it out there and it's like, you, you just take what you want, man. And the mushroom will do the rest. So what, what, what are your tips on dosing? How do you feel about dosing? Well, I think if somebody's new to mushrooms that they start small and work their way up as they build their confidence with it, um, I thoroughly recommend that if you're going to dose and you're dosing with actual mushrooms themselves that you get a scale so that you know how much you're taking when you're taking them. Uh, just, you know, it, it helps to have a reference to go back to, but it also helps, you know, like if you end up taking, let's say five grams and you don't weigh it out ahead of time and realize you're about to take five grams, you are in for an experience. 
So to weigh it out, to understand how much you're going to take, and then, you know, you can readjust later. So let's say you end up taking two grams, you weigh it out, you know how much you're taking, you kind of have a little bit of an idea what to expect. And if you have a really great time and you're like, you know what, that's the dose for me. Well, then, you know, next time you can weigh out around two grams and it'll be, you know, not no one trip is ever identical to another, but you can have an idea kind of of what to expect. Well, that's the thing I find always like is the cap. Does the cap have more psilocybin? Does the stem wet, dry, um, you know, there's so many ways to eat them. One, one method I've recently discovered, which has been out there forever, but I've just recently decided to do it, which is lemon tech. Are you a lemon tech fan? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. Now, let me tell you my, my lemon tech uh, adventure. So I was watching all these videos. I was trying to figure out which is the, the, the best way. And so I started out by just soaking them a little bit longer than I think I should have. And then straining just the liquid and just drinking the liquid because that's what the video did. That really didn't yield much of an experience. And so then I realized the real issue for me was I didn't eat the material that I grounded, gr grinded down. What is your lemon tech method? Well, so my go-to method is to make a tea. So I'll make a tea with, uh, you know, dried psilocybin mushrooms, grind them up, add it to my favorite tea pack. Uh, and then from there, I'll juice a lemon and add the lemon to the tea itself and drink that. Okay. Have you ever done the actual lemon tech though? Like where you just let it soak and then you drink the soaked uh, ground up psilocybin? Have you ever done that? No, not just that. No, I okay. always end up adding the lemon to the tea and the mushroom itself and letting that sit and then go from there. But you, you do, when you do your tea though, you do eat the material as well though, right? You know, the... uh, you know sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it's not every time that I will because I feel that the fibrous material ends up upsetting my stomach. So it's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes I will consume all the fibrous material and sometimes I'll just let that sit at the bottom of my cup and try to drink as much as I can off it. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the things that Lemon Tech does is it removes a lot of the nauseousness. It's also going to be a, totally. a, it's also going to be a, a, a space shuttle ride versus a, you know, taking off in an airplane, I think, uh, with a regular much mushroom method. But my, my normal method would be to eat small paces slowly until the mushrooms would kick into a point where they wouldn't even let me eat anymore. My, my throat would seize the mushroom be like, the mushrooms would be like, this is enough. You've had enough now. Have the, have the oh, mushrooms, did, did the mushrooms talk to you? Ooh, you know, I wish I could say they do. Uh, but no, I have never been talked to by the mushrooms. Have you? Yeah, and that, as a floater, I was curious because I feel I have this theory that yeah, you're not not that you're not there, but uh, somebody that either meditates a lot or by virtue of floating is very clear and calm. That that affords you that space to hear whatever the psychedelic is trying to say, um, which which is mm. always, which is which is why I always recommend floating on the substance. But if you if you're very still and calm in general by virtue of a float lifestyle, you know you can hear what the mushroom is trying to say. I mean, if you, if you come out of them, like sometimes it's not a direct voice of like communication. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you just get a vision 
I need to change my life. Ooh, like me, I see the mushrooms keep, the mushroom keeps telling me no matter how many times I take mushrooms, it's not going to give me another, it's not going to give me anything else. It, it's like, stop smoking so much. It's not about even the weed mm -hmm. consumption. It's about just uh, the tar and the, the, you know, the lungs and the breathing. And it's just take a fucking chill pill. And so every time I do mm -hmm. mushrooms now, it's that same exact lesson. Like, okay, you haven't quite done it. So have you ever done a cold water extraction? No, I have not. Have you ever heard of that before? Have you? I have a little bit. I haven't done much research into it. It's fascinating. I haven't done it because I haven't had the amount of mushrooms necessary it would take to experiment. Because I'm sure I'd fuck it up a, a, a little bit, maybe the first time I did it. But basically, what you do is you get these mushrooms, you put them in like cold ice water over a, over a few days, and you keep letting them, like it extracts the psilocybin or the psilocin, whatever, whatever the compound is you're trying to get out of there. And the water becomes blue. And you can either drink this water, you can make ice cubes. This guy was making gummy bears. And so I want to make, you know, these, these are, I think they were called moon bears. So, you know, you'd want to be a grower or you'd want to have a lot of access to mushrooms to be able to fuck around and do this stuff. You know, it's like if you get five grams of mushrooms, you're not going to waste your time trying to do a cold water extraction. You, need really, you really need like a pound or something <laughs> no. to do these things. But if you had access to a lot of mushrooms, that's, that would be something I would want to do. Okay, that's fascinating. I'm going to have to look in, into that because the idea of those gummies, those gummy bears sounds pretty cool. Oh, dope. yeah. Look at on YouTube, look into cold water extraction. Uh, and then, yeah, look okay. into, like, I think they're called moon bears or something, but look into psilocybin gummy bears. And there's guys, there's guys <laughs> making them. There's a, whole, there's a whole ton of videos of these people cold water extracting, all different kinds of psilocybin extractions. There's uh, my, another one is, it's like, uh, it's like the dab. It's like, a, not, not a dab, but it's like psilocybin um, extract. And I've actually had that before in a pill. This is like when I first got into psychedelics back again, when I started floating like five or six years ago, I met this guy just out of nowhere. It was like a fucking matrix moment. And he's like, uh, I'm, he's like, there's, he, he gave me these two pills and they were clear. Inside this clear, these clear pills, it was like psilocybin extract. Or so. I don't know exactly what it was, but I'm getting goosebumps when I say that, so I think that's what it was. But anyway, he's like, if you take one, you will hear God. He's like, if you take two, you'll see God. Now, I hadn't done too many psychedelics at this time when he got these pills, and I also didn't know if I was ever going to get anything of like this ever again. So I said, you know what? As much as I want to see God, I want to go, I want to do two trips. So... Indeed, mm. I, indeed, I was on the ground. I could not move. And the voice of God was like hovering above me. And it was like the movies. But yeah, I, just, I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish the guy would pop out of the Matrix again and give me two more of those pills. <laughs> give me two more of those things so I can take two now. So, but no, have you ever taken uh, like uh, penis envy mushrooms? Like a mushroom that was way too, way, way too powerful. Yes, definitely have. <laughs> and you not not realize what you've done, and then you're like, "Wow, I've actually taken like more to more closer, like seven and eight, seven to eight grams versus the three or four I thought I took." Because in, you know, like for example, people don't know that we're, we're talking. Uh, you know, certain kinds of mushrooms have more psilocybin inside them than other mushrooms. So it's like you're eating one gram of a penis envy mushroom, but really it's got like one point five to two times the psilocybin in it than another kind of mushroom that would be one gram.
So you end up really right. fucking yourself up thinking, oh, I'm only going to have two grams, but really, you just really had five grams. <laughs> Thankfully, that's never been my experience because going into it, I knew what I was dealing with, like, you know, the penis envy. And uh, so I made sure to take into account that they're much stronger than, you know, like a golden teacher or something. So yeah, my, my experience was delightful and it was good, but it wasn't damn near anything that I couldn't, um, couldn't handle. Awesome. Now, it was Safe Travels your first book? <laughs> back in the day, I wrote an ebook uh, back when I was a vegan. Uh, I wrote an ebook on, on like being vegan and vegan recipes and all of that. So you could say that that was like my little you know, dipping my toe into the whole writing a book process. How long did it take you to write safe travels? Because I know trying to do something, even 60 pages, I mean, I, doing something in college or even trying to do something now artistically for fun, it's like so hard to sit down and write. So especially being a stoner, I don't know if that doesn't really help me being a stoner, but how long did it take you? Was it, a, was it an easy process to write this book? I mean, because I, I know a lot of this stuff is, yeah, we're asked these questions a million times. We can answer a lot of these questions real easily, but I know you have to flesh these things out. I know you footnoted a lot of these things. There was actual research that went into this book. What was the process? Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of 2020, before shit hit the fan with the whole lockdown situation, uh, I made a vision board of the things that I wanted to do in 2020 and writing safe travels was one of those things. And I believe, you know, it took some time, but it took me up until I think March or April for me to finally finish writing it. From there, I had a friend edit it for me. And then Oh, what did I do from there? I hopped onto Fiverr and I employed somebody to help me finish, you know, the whole ebook process and drafting all of that up before I finally published it to um, my website, mushroomebook.com. And then this, I think in January of this year is when I finally decided to bite the bullet and load it up onto Amazon so that people could purchase like a Kindle or a copy version of it. How much is the book? So the ebook is $8.99 and the physical copy is $10.99. And when you do a physical copy, is it they're just printing one-offs and they send them out to the person? Do you have like a stack of books somewhere? Uh, correct. So Amazon is publishing them on demand. That's cool. Well, there's no mm -hmm. excuse now for anybody not to be an author. Same thing with making content and videos. There's no way, hey, you want to be a movie director? Now's the time. Digital video, uh, being a writer, and same excuse. No excuse. Uh, podcasting, you want to talk? No excuse. Just get out there and talk. I'm surprised you haven't gotten into podcasting. Oh, uh, that's another thing that I want to venture into, and I had planned on completely doing it, but last year, i that was another thing on my vision board. I went ahead and I purchased all of this equipment, and then when I received the equipment, I got completely overwhelmed by all of the doodads and gadgets and everything that I ended up sending all the shit back. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. I've got a few more things. Yeah. Our Naked Story podcast. I didn't get to listen to that fully. Uh, and the guy jibber jabbers so much about stuff I already know about you. 
I'm like, get to the damn nudity part, bro. So I haven't even gotten to that part where you guys talk about. <laughs> so I guess if anybody wants to go check it out, it's called Our Naked Story Podcast, episode 33. Uh, what kind of podcasts do you listen to? Do you listen to podcasts? Oh, yeah. What, A lot of them. What podcasts do you listen to? I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, Tim Dillon's podcast. Are you familiar with Tim Dillon? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I love Tim Dillon. So I listen to his podcast. I listen to Impact Theory by Tom Bilyeu, um, Lewis Howe's podcast. Oh, shit. What's it called? Um, I'm blanking on what that one's called. Oh, London Real, uh, uh, Paul Check's podcast as well. A whole bunch of them. Damn, no Float Universe podcast. No, just kidding. <laughs> I listen to you when I remember to. <laughs> um, I'm just messing with you. Okay, so I got to now. People want to know what what podcast do you listen to? Well, here we go, guys. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey's amazing colossal podcast, Optimal Performance, Zedcast. No Mercy podcast with Tommy G, that Bud Tender podcast, the Michael Savage show, <laughs> Tinfoil Hat with San Tripoli, Louder with Crowder, mm-hmm. Penn's Sunday School, The Art of the Float, Your Mom's House, Shink, <laughs> The Office Deep Dive, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, uh, let's see, Ram Dass Here and Now, The Black Vault Radio, uh, Joe Rogan, uh schizotopia there was this one called zach to the zach to the future where they go through all the uh say by the bell episodes with mark paul gosselar whatever the guy that plays uh, zach but i don't but but uh-huh. i don't but i don't watch i don't i'm like it's only good if you really watch those shows uh so i i listen to a few i'm like well this would be good if i could watch the shows and keep up with them but um x22 is my favorite QAnon. are you a QAnon person did you ever get into QAnon at all <laughs> you know, I looked into QAnon and I really had a difficult time getting into it, like really fully in depth, uh, just because I'm, I'm led to believe that any ruler put in place is somebody who was put in place for a reason and that we don't really have any control over who rules over us. So, uh, yeah, so I, I had a difficult time getting into QAnon. So how do you feel about the election and politics? And is there, are we fucked? Or should we do anything? Should we fight for our rights? Should we stay passive? Like, what do you think's going on? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, what do you think's going on with the world? Do you believe in the new world order? Do you think we should, is there anything to worry about or just everything's hunky-dory? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Right. Uh, well, I, let, let me so, rephrase it. What's your worldview? <laughs> My worldview is that the people in power are corrupt and that the entire system, like I cannot think of it in one system that is in place that is working for the people. It's working for lobbyists, corporations, the top 1% or 0-1%. So it's my, my belief that you really have to vote with your dollar 
and you have to, if you want change in the world, you have to be the one to create change within your own sphere. So I don't think change is going to come by electing a new person into government and then, you know, withholding any moral compass to make positive changes for us people. I think that we have to make the changes on a small scale and then that reverberates outwards. Wow. Okay. So I guess you're kind of a, a peaceful centrist then, aren't you? In a way. Totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't really fall on the extreme sides of any political spectrum. No, no. Um, you know, I was, my, my parents were Republican, like diehard Republican listening to Fox news every single day. And then from there, once I turned 18, I, I just fucking said, you know what, to hell with it. I am a Democrat. And I just ran completely away from the Republican party. I voted for Obama when he first ran because he ran on this you know, campaign of change and he was going to do stuff for the environment and he was going to uh, champion against GMOs, all of that stuff. And then what he ended up doing once he was elected was nothing. He didn't deliver on anything that I was hoping he would. He bombed and drone striked more people than the previous presidents before him. And from there, I kind of just lost all faith in politics and realized that if I want change, I'm going to have to do it myself and just hope that it influences the people around me. Yeah, I, that's what my basic philosophy is. Yeah, there's just this localized reality is all that's real. You know, what's on CNN may or not, may or not be real. You know, don't give too much energy to that and don't create that fear-based reality because an outside source is trying to inject it into you. What's real is what's in front of you. You can touch, smell, taste, all that, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, though, I never thought I'd be in a world where, you know, I knew about adrenochrome 10, I knew about adrenochrome 10 years ago. I never thought I'd hear anybody that I know that was not into conspiracy theories ask me about adrenochrome and last year was the year that i must have had 10 people that i said well you're just a joe blow regular you'd never ask me about adrenochrome yet here we are so do you think that the elite uh drink baby's blood you know i wouldn't put anything past them when you really consider all of the things that's going on in this world and how they really have no reverence for human life when they can just bomb people and think of people as collateral damage. And if you go down the rabbit hole of 9-11 and if you believe at all that that was um, something that was planned by the U.S. government and you realize that, you know, all of those people who died in those towers were just collateral damage to a much bigger picture I wouldn't put it past what our people in power are doing, especially, you know, like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I think is the right quote, if I'm not butchering that completely, but you know, once you reach a certain level of power, like what, what's stopping you from craving more and and what does more even look like, you know? Well, that's the thing. You've got a billion dollars, you know, you know, at a certain point, you get bored of things and eating babies is uh <laughs> is what's next on the menu hey i've done everything else yes. i've got a garage full of ferraris i've got a yacht i've done this and that oh i might as start i might as well start having sex with kids and eating them that's what's next for me so 
you know, that's, I, I, <laughs> I, I, it's so extreme. It's hard to believe, but I've seen so much that says it's true. I mean, I've seen whole data dumps where you've got names of blood types, how long they've been in the center, how many adrenochrome extractions they've had, the type of torture it was. I mean, I've seen some <laughs> fucked up shit. And it's been, if, if, if people go to that extreme to fake it, like it's, it's, inc they're so incredibly detailed. It's like, wow, this is a, an incredible fate, a forgery if it is. So I do believe it happens and I try not to dial into that reality too much anymore because now that the QAnon thing didn't happen, or at least optically, it still doesn't look like it's happening. Uh, I'm still barely hanging on, but I don't talk about it publicly because everybody just wants to kick sand in my face at this point and disown me. The more I hold on to Q, the more friends I lose, which is fine. I don't give a shit at this point. I live in a float center on the edge of town. I smoke weed. I make memes. I do my thing. But, uh, you know, it's been dis disappointing to see that some of these people actually believe communism is a, is a working uh, ideology. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a whole branch of people who are just champion for uh, communism rolling in. <laughs> I don't understand what it is. It's, you know, they're, they're so anti-fascist, but then like communism is cool. Like, okay, <laughs> I don't well, get that, but whatever. Well, they're anti-fascist with fascist tactics. They're, they're, they're the fascists. That's what's totally. funny about it. Totally. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's kind of ironic, right? And, well, no, that's that's the whole thing. It's like right in front of your face. You know, it's it's really incredible what they're. What, I mean, I don't think people at this point are asleep. I think a lot of people have woken up over the past year, and it's only going to continue. So, how's the Great Awakening going on your end? Have you noticed things that would say, okay, we've definitely reached the point of no return here? Like up with like like similar things like Adrenochrome with me. You know. It, for a while there, I was feeling towards like the tail end of 2020, I was feeling kind of hopeless about the nature of where all of this is going from just seeing how, you know, we were in September and people were still buying into all of this stuff in regards to the lockdown. I just couldn't imagine how society could be so duped. So I've had, a, you know, it hasn't necessarily been easy on my psyche to understand where we are at this point in time. Um, but, you know, I have friends who have convinced me that, you know, maybe we're, we're what we're on is like the um, beginning stages of a great renaissance where, you know, it will kind of just um, people will fraction off and some people will go towards, you know, just submitting to authority and just asking for more you know like tell me more rules daddy like tell me what to do next simon says like that kind of thing and then you'll have a whole other group of people that'll fraction off who will you know go about life on their own terms and they'll you know they'll make incredible art they'll be influential minds creating a better future uh, there's a really beautiful podcast. Uh, another podcast I do listen to is Aubrey Marcus. And he had a podcast featuring Zach Bush, which is Zach Bush is an MD. And 
that gave me so much fucking hope for the future during a time when I absolutely had zero hope at all. So if anybody's listening to that and you just need a little jolt of some feel good, some, you know, some, <laughs> some direction to understand. You there? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. I lost you. Hold on. You there? Uh, what happened? You there? Hello? Hello? Don't hang up. Whatever you do, if you can hear me, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> no. Fuck. We were almost done. No. Go. Go ahead. Yeah, so... So something that gave me a lot of hope was the Aubrey Marcus podcast featuring uh, Zach, Zach Bush, MD. Uh, it was, it came at just a really great time where I was in a real funk over the whole lockdown situation. And that just gave me hope that there are influential people who are trying to make positive changes in this world and that maybe we can have this renaissance and, you know, we can go in a better direction than the direction we're currently going in. So that gave me a lot of hope. But not only that, but I also did a five MEO DMT. And that just completely pulled my ass out of a funk. I cannot recommend doing five MEO enough. Wow. You're the second woman today that has told me they have, they, she just did a retreat herself, this woman that floats here. But yeah, you're the second person today that has told me about five MEO DMT. It's been a big theme recently, and and, uh, and I have access to it. I have just been, I haven't, re- I've been ready for it. So I hear it's profound. I've done regular DMT, but yeah. So you've you you're a big fan of the five meo bufo, huh? Big time, for sure. Um, just, just one time. Four journeys with it. Oh, four, four. journeys. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask yeah, you this. The- uh, synthetic mm-hmm. versus as have they all been uh, towed or have has any of them been synthetic? They've all been towed. Yes. Okay. I've always curious to answer that age old question, synthetic versus the real thing. Is there a difference? Right. Cause that's the big question with adrenochrome. There's adrenochrome from a, from a child and there's adrenochrome from a lab. There's uh, you know, five MEO from a toe. There's five MEO from a lab and the people who do five MEO say, mm. Obviously, there's a big difference, uh, but we wouldn't know unless we have tortured child's blood if there would be a difference or not, which is a road we're not willing to travel down. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to ask if it, sure. would, if it had I, been synthetic or not. Well, I'm, I'm totally into trying the synthetic just so I have not only an idea of whether they're alike or not, but also, you know, the trajectory with the toad, uh, you know, as much as I'd like to believe everybody is harvesting the 5-MEO in a really positive way, in a way that which doesn't harm the frog or the toad. That's just asinine. There are several people out there exploding the toad and are just doing what they can to take as much as they can without giving the toad any reverence and, and, you know, absolutely, you know, killing the toad in the process as well. So well, I, I'm totally into trying it. I just have not found synthetic. So did you watch Hamilton's pharmacopoeia this season? Yes. 
So did you, you follow that narrative? I watched the first episode. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about Bufo is we didn't know uh, the collective. We, we didn't know how long they've been doing Bufo. Like, is this like some ancient thing or not? But if you watch the Hamilton stuff, you realize that this shit was made up. This, is, this was discovered by a white guy in the 80s who, who just, for whatever reason, discovered that if you squeeze this toad and let their venom dry and smoke it, you're going to have, uh, yeah, a, God ex- a, a, a guaranteed God experience, right? A transcendental, uh, beyond oneness with the universe, uh, like white light beyond description, ineffable. I've never done it. This is just all, all, all the things, all the takeaways I've heard. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's everything that you just express and so much more. It's it's a cosmic orgasm, I guess is the best way to say it. It's just absolutely beautifully overwhelming. Uh, I feel like you merge with source, whatever you believe source to be. You just return to what it is that you probably came from. Uh, it's just, it's such a profound experience. I to imagine going your entire life without ever doing it uh i just couldn't imagine i couldn't fathom it i think that would be very sad <laughs> do you do your psychedelics naked like do you go out and like just take a bunch of mushrooms and go lay out and under the stars <laughs> and and just become one with the dirt <laughs> uh in an ideal setting that would be how i do it every single time uh that said with like 5-MeO-DMT, I'm doing it with a practitioner and I'm not really, you know, um, they encourage you to wear white clothing when you're doing that. Um, when I'm doing mushrooms, if it's a nice day outside or, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it inside, I'll strip down completely naked. But unfortunately, more often than I'd like, I'm, I'm wearing clothes when I trip. <laughs> Okay, because yeah, I, I know with acid, man, I don't, how many times have you done acid? You've done acid, I, mean, I tell you, you want to take your clothes off. If you're doing acid right, it, your clothes feel so foreign and you got to be naked and it feels amazing and you don't feel any shame. Or you have complete and utter horrible bad trip body dysmorphia. Have you ever have extreme body dysmorphia on a psychedelic trip, one drug or another? Thankfully, no. Well, I've had lots of extreme body dysmorphia. My penis breaking half. Uh, be in like a twist, twisty animal, twisty animal, animal balloons. Uh, you know, like you look in the mirror and your face. I, I've turned into Pan, the God Pan. You know, like the, the, the like the goat. Uh, like in the mirror, full on, <laughs> the muscles and the horns and all this shit. I'm like, wow, like full on hallucination. Uh, so I've had some pretty wild trips. Have you? Like, what is your wildest trip, uh, if you could describe it? Ooh. <clears throat> my wildest trip. Oh, God. Um, my most awful trip is pretty wild. I actually, I have a YouTube video where I discuss this. Uh, I was in India, and I was doing yoga teacher training, And with the establishment we were doing our yoga teacher training with, um, there was a point in which we were going to have a day of of an excursion where we were going to go to a waterfall. So uh, some of my friends and I, we went out for breakfast ahead of time. I had some watermelon juice. Uh, From there, 
we set off to go to the waterfall. We ended up taking mushroom chocolates. And, you know, we made it to the waterfall. The waterfall was really fucking cool. I was feeling it. Um, it. It was just a really beautiful experience. And then we were coming down from the waterfall. We're hiking down it. And uh, my boyfriend was ahead of us, snapping photos of us doing our yoga thing, like trying to do yoga poses on the waterfall and all that. When all of a sudden, the mushrooms, or, or not even the mushrooms, I, sh- I can't blame it on the mushrooms. I believe it was watermelon juice hit me, and I, I just developed food poisoning right then and there. Um, so I told one of my girlfriends to go get my partner. And he came and get, he came up to me and he's like, yo, what's the problem? And okay, so this is going to be pretty TMI for anybody who is eating or whatever. You might want to like pause this and come back to it. But uh, so he comes up to me. He's like, yo, what's going on? I was like, I am going to shit myself. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, I ended up just losing it out of both ends in the sacred waterfall in Ooh. India. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, my boyfriend, I'm in the middle of this waterfall and he's trying to pull me to the bank of it. And I'm just having the worst time, the worst go about it. Um, finally he does pull me to the bank and I'm on the bank and I feel like I'm going to throw up again. And as I do, I'm just like hurling. And at the same time, I'm seeing all these beautiful fractal geometric patterns in my mind's eye as I'm just absolutely losing control on the side of this waterfall. And at one point I look back and I just see all these Indian people staring at me. And it was, um, it was everything awful. Um, and it was also, you know, like it's a story, you know, I have a story of getting sick with food poisoning while on mushrooms in India. So all my best stories are like my worst moments in life that I have somehow survived, navigated or through the grace of God made it through somehow. You never remember, like you never remember the easy days. You always remember the (laughs) adversity and how you made it through and how you like, Hey, look, I remembered when I pissed and shit and vomited and cried and, and, and under the waterfall in India <laughs> and all the Indian people. I can survive uh-huh. anything now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell you what, it humbles your ass. And then it also, it, it can just really like, okay, if, if I can survive that, that really embarrassing moment in my life, what else can I do, you know? Right. That's the thing. Like you can, it's amazing what the body can go through as well. Like what we can eat and we can eat for a long time. Like the guy that just eats, uh, uh, Whoppers, not Whoppers, uh, Big Macs. There's a guy that takes like two or three Big Macs a day and he's like skinny and he like, he's not, he's still alive and everything. It's crazy. But I think a lot of like your body is your mental state too. And your it's a mentation. The body is, a, it, it, the, the body's created down river downstream of, from the mind. And so, I think that's why the floating is so important for me and, and giving that to other people. It's like, if I can free your mind, clear your mind, relax your mind, all of that can flow downstream into the body. And then you can mm-hmm. use, use your intuition to eat the right things, do the right exercises and seek out whatever treatment may be necessary to realign. So, yeah. Beautifully said. <laughs> well, do, do you have anything beautifully to say? 
left? Do you have anything left inside to uh, express tonight or do we wrap it up? Mm. You know, I am very grateful that you had me on the podcast again. So thank you so much. It's really awesome to be able to have this platform to share uh, psychedelics and talk about nudity, especially, uh, you know, in the spare time where, you know, my Wi-Fi booted me off and then I was waiting for us to gear back up on this uh, podcast. Um, I hopped on to Instagram to discover that Instagram yanked down my post from today about I, nudity. You know, I just, I've just seen that actually, as I was going to go, I remembered I had, uh, I had said, if you guys want to roast us or leave a comment or question, I was going to go look at that. But as I pop up, my, it's a, you're the first thing that pops up. So it must know that we're talking. And because you're literally, when I open my phone here, Kelly Hanner, it says your post goes against our community guidelines. And it is, yeah, it's your before and after. One, one of you sticking your ass out and the one with you with regular clothes. All your, yep. Yeah. So let me go to my questions now. Uh, let's see what they have to say. The people here. Uh, let's see. How to roast float weed. Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody knows I'm trying to quit and it's hard. So thank you, Nomad Fun Guy. Okay. Here we go. Can you compare solo to duo? Uh, to group trips and maybe discuss settings in each. Okay, that's a pretty good question. MA delete. So I like to do solo trips. And if I do do trip sitting, I like to only take a tiny, tiny bit of the substance to be on the vibe with the people. But I usually never go on the full deep dive unless it's like a one-on-one -on -one with a person. How do you feel about that? Are you a solo tripper? Do you like big groups? I know you lead groups. Yeah, I prefer to trip solo or at least with one or two people that I'm really close to. And if, if they're going to go big, then I like to tend to keep it small. Whereas if I'm tripping by myself, I go pretty big. Um, and that's just because sometimes you can't, you can't guarantee how someone's going to react so I like to know that if I'm going to lead a group of people or I'm going to be with a few people that somebody can, can have their whereabouts within them should shit hit the fan. Cause I have had shit hit the fan before. So it's nice to, if you're going to be with a group of people or a few people that you're, you're on their level, but not on, on their level, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I learned my lesson one time where, I had these really like, I call them like death's friggin' head, uh, penis envy that were just amazing. But you could give somebody like half a gram and they would be, that would be feel like three grams to them. And so I just, I decided to be like, it was my friend's birthday. We were all going up the river and these are a bunch of attorneys. Half of them was, weren't going to do the mushrooms with us. The other half were. And so about half of the half that we're taking, about a quarter of the people there were having a good trip. A quarter of the people there were having a bad trip. I was in my own little zone of like seeing the weirdest shit on the river. We were on the river, right? On kayaks with a bunch <laughs> of other people, a public river and like maybe 10 kayaks, two, two, two people in each kayak, maybe a couple of people going solo. And I just said, you know what? I had, I had zero control. I was tripping. People were having a bad trip. The people that weren't tripping were, were fucking buzzkills. So my my whole thing with tripping is if you're going to trip you're going to be with other people you're going to be availing yourself potentially to whatever darkness they are carrying with them 
And in a way, you've, attra- you, you, you've totally attracted that situation by being unconscious and allowing that to happen. But knowing that now going forward, realize, yeah, if you're going to sit with somebody or a group of people, that's why I like to be sober. Uh, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to, you know, give it to more than two or three people, it's usually I, I like 99 times out of 100, I'm tripping alone. I just want to, I'm there for my business, my inner or my entertainment. And that's it. I will give you the psychedelics and I will tell you the same exact thing. Do it on your own. Uh, there's certain psychedelics. And I'm glad you mentioned this five MEO DMT. You should, in my experience, I've never done it, but every single person, every account account I've read, that is one of those drugs you definitely want to have a trip sitter for a numerous reasons, right? So what are the, why should you have a trip center with 5-MeO-DMT? Well, so it's not ever that I've had, I guess, a quote-unquote trip center with 5-MeO-DMT, more so I've had somebody who's a facilitator right. uh, to help guide me through the process. Uh, there's you're really piercing the veil when you do 5-MeO-DMT. And I think that if you were somebody who might be a little sensitive, you might have a little bit of mental health issues, it really helps to do it in a proper setting where you're going over intention. Uh, Every time that I've done a ceremony, they have you actually read a prayer uh, to help you prep your mind and your just your state for going to that realm. So to have somebody there who can help facilitate your journey, I think is really incredible and powerful just because, as I said, you are piercing the veil. And for somebody who might be super sensitive, you don't know what that's going to do for you. So it helps to have somebody to help guide you there. Not only that, but I've also seen people, uh, I've been in ceremony where you know, you're watching multiple people journey with 5-MeO-DMT as the facilitator works their way around um, the ceremonial circle. And I've seen people fucking uh, roll around and just roll on the ground. And this one girl that I, I did it with, she just fucking, she rolled like 10 feet. And a facilitator had to stand there and like block her from rolling any further into a bush. So you don't, you don't know where you're going really. Uh, And she didn't even realize when she came to, she had no fucking clue that that's how she reacted. And that's what she did. She was screaming. She was yelling, fuck you, fuck you. She was like, she was processing some shit. So it's powerful, you know, and and to have somebody there to just guide you and, and protect you from yourself. If you do decide to start rolling around or, you know, if somebody does like start flailing, it's, it's important to have somebody there with you. No doubt. And also somebody to hold the pipe. And I, I, I thought that maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but isn't choking uh, a potential hazard with 5-MeO or or, or am I just misunderstanding? You know, I'm not completely sure of that myself. So like having I, a seizure. I can't give like a full yes or no. I don't know. I mean, I did see that one, um, Hamilton's Pharmacopia, where I think it looked like that guy was having a bit of a seizure or he was thrashing around on the ground. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember that one? Well, you know, it's funny enough, that guy actually ended up DMing me when that episode came out because I like found him on Instagram and he's like, he's like, bro, he's like, he's like, that video was true. He's like, but it was nothing like, it was like, he's like, it was not scary at all. It was awesome. And like, it's fine. He's like, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. 
So definitely <laughs> it's, it's more so you want someone there to take that pipe and yeah, hold space for you. If you, cause I, you're right. I've seen people on regular DMT uh, start to eat on the couch. Like it was something to eat and they wake up and they're like, why is my, why am I, why am I chewing on the couch? I'm like, you thought it was something to eat. So. Oh my God. Totally. <laughs> I've never seen that, but yeah, you want somebody to definitely stop you from eating a couch. Yeah, man. Uh, well, Kelly, <laughs> your book, Safe Travels, An Essential Guide to Safely Journeying with Psilocybin. Where can they pick that up again? So you could pick up a ebook version of it off from mushroomebook.com, but you can also find it on Amazon. If you type in safe travels, it won't pull it up itself. You have to type in safe travels and my last name at least for it to pull up. So that's a, uh, that's the preferred way to get it. Are you still on kellyhanner.com? Kelly M. Hanner.com. Kelly M. Hanner. Yes. Sorry about that. Yes. You're good. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, I know your your boyfriend has the, uh, what is it, a trim machine? Oh, no. It is called the NorCal Trim Trap. The so trim trap. It's essentially, yes, it's um, a device that he invented. Uh, for anybody who's a cannabis farmer, you're probably familiar with the black and yellow totes that you often tote up your cannabis in. Uh, so what he created was a lid that fits on top of those totes with a bunch of different holes, all of the same size scattered throughout the top of the lid. And then what you do is you can pour out, you know, your pounds of bud onto the lid itself while it's sitting on top of the tote. And then from there you shake it out. And then what you're left with on the top top of the lid is all your big viable nugs that people want to see in their pounds. And then what falls through the lid, through the holes into the tote underneath is all of your hashable material. So it's a great way to just like sort out your stuff, sort out hashable stuff from like your pounds. Very cool. Uh, I remember I bought some Nun CBD. We're selling CBDs from nuns, right? The last time. <laughs> Are you still yeah. selling the Nun CBD? Yes. No, I'm not anymore. That got too much to handle. So I'm just, uh, I'm diversifying myself in other ways now. Well, I got to say that was one of the best CBD products. And I'm not just bullshitting because I'm talking to you. Uh, that stuff, I feel when I rubbed it on my face, it was like a youth. It was like, I don't, I don't use anything to, on my face. But I said, you know what, if CBD is real, and I felt like this shit was, and it really smelled like weed, which was kind of the, the only problem with that stuff was, it smells like weed. So Rubbing it all over my face, <laughs> I smell like weed all the time on my face. So, but when I would use it, I would go to bed. I would go to bed at night and I would rub the the nun. What was the brand? What was it called? Uh, Sisters of the Valley. Now this is weed. This is CBD made by nuns, and <laughs> so it was like the yes. highest. It was like, do they still make it? Yes, they do. All right, I'm going to get some after this podcast because that, I mean, I'm not even bullshitting. This was the highest vibratory CBD I have ever held in my hot little hands. It was really good stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, and I got to say, I was feeling a bit anxious before this call and I, I ended up taking some CBD and boy, did that set me straight. <laughs> oh, what could you be anxious about with me? Come on. <laughs> 
You did, I know, I know. You're already naked, man. I mean, this is nothing. When you're already, when you're, you're physically naked, I mean, maybe that's easier for some people. Like, I realize, like, my challenge in life is the physical pain that exists in my body. I don't suffer mental pain, metaphysical pain. You know, I have, a, I'm blissed out and blessed in that way. But my, my, my day-to-day torment is my body. So what's your struggle in life? Is it like a metaphysical thing, a spiritual thing, a mental thing, a body thing? Like, where is your main challenge, do you feel? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. My main challenge is just always in my head, right? Like being my own worst enemy, my own critic, kind of holding myself back. And and that's why I continue to do psychedelics because they kind of help me to peel back the layers on, you know, all the shit that I kind of absorbed as a child from my parents that has kind of set the tone for the human I am today. So, well, that makes sense. Yeah, it, that makes sense why you were anxious before the call. Like I, I, I would get anxious if you said, well, we're going to come out. You got to be naked. Well, that's, that's no, no, no. You'd be okay with that. Whereas <laughs> you got to be emotionally naked. You got to be intellectually naked. I'm okay with that. You can, you can, can you can, you can cancel me. You can send me up with Mr. Potato. Uh, but, Have you ever been, are are you afraid of being canceled or do you, do you, let me ask you this. Do you speak your mind or do you find yourself hitting an invisible wall of like, I don't know if I should cross it because I'm going to say something that's going to piss people off or do you just always go, uh, go right across it? Typically, uh, I tend to go right through it. I want to like, I want to talk about the difficult shit. Um, but sometimes I know that the way I'm going to be received just isn't worth it. So I tend to find work, ways to work around it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I am totally afraid of being canceled. I mean, my PayPal was terminated. My Venmo was recently terminated. And then I feel like it's just a matter of days before my Instagram is terminated as well. Now, now see, now see, now see, this is what's troubling me is I get it why I had trouble, why other people who want to talk about pedophiles and adrenochrome and weapons of mass destruction and deep underground military bases and aliens. But you talk about eating healthy. You talk about, you know, cannabis and CBD, the goods and the bads. You're very, uh, and I think that's the problem is you're very truthful. And uh, this, this reality does not like the truth for whatever reason the, it likes to, it doesn't like the light. And so for what, you know, I feel like that's your biggest issue is you're just truthful. And unfortunately, this is not that part of reality that we can have it. So anyway, well, Kelly. Thank I've, you for seeing me in that way. Yeah, no, you definitely. That's one of the reasons why I attract you to my reality is uh, we live in that same plane of truthfulness and wanting to also give that to other people. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end because otherwise I'm just going to keep talking. Now, I know there was a few other things. <laughs> there was a few other things on the Instagram post here, but it's like from dudes and it's not like, it's not like the best comments. And I don't like to end on a low note, but some of us like, we get it, bro. You like her. Um, let's see. Float got a crush. These are the nice ones. Uh, here we go. Yeah, right. You want to hear, you want to hear a not nice one? Why, why does Kelly's back tat look like a ski ball target for my nuts? See, that's what I mean. How do you deal with comments like that? You know, that's <laughs> for the most part, that kind of person isn't even on my level. 
for so sure it's just for like sure. okay you know right it's like yeah you could say that but like good luck ever making that happen <laughs> right and that's you don't become reactive to it and it just becomes an inert uh ugly reflection of that person totally of course as yeah. long as you don't give it any kind so of it, like it, it yeah. says more about them Totally. You're, you're mm -hmm. 100% right. One of the uh, four agreements is take nothing personal. And I always tell people, I'm like, look, you have not earned this. If you have not earned it, right? If you've not insulted this person or caused this person to react this way, that is on them. That is the reflection of their nastiness. They're projecting it onto you. It's not the case. And so here's another one. Why are white girl shamans so enlightened, though? <laughs> nice moon tat. Very rich. <laughs> <laughs> I told him to roast. Uh, let's see. Just do just do porn already. It's another comment here. <laughs> I bet they wish. <laughs> yeah, right. So here's the yeah. here's here's somebody nicer. It says Kelly Hannah, you're the absolute best. P.S. I had to meticulously type your name to tag you, and she's right. You're one of those people who are shadow banned. That if you don't type out your full name, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna find you. Yeah. I know, right? And they just had where they lifted the shadow ban on a bunch of political accounts. But yeah, I'm still shadow banned for whatever reason. You know what I think might be the case with you? I think you might be suffering a case of the crunchy bitches. Mm. <laughs> Do you know where Tell I'm going? More. Okay, so what I think is you've got a bunch of haters. You've got a bunch of jealous men and women that report you not based on any anything that your content is offensive on any real level or anything that it's misleading or untruthful it's you've got people who are fat i'm gonna say it they're fat i'm sorry you're fat you're unhealthy and you look at somebody like kelly and you get jealous and you get crunchy and you say "Fuck this bitch i'm gonna report and i think that's a lot of times what happens or you've got somebody some guy that you've wouldn't wouldn't give you the time of day or you, you may have said something back to him and he went on his other account because these these trolls have 10 10 accounts and you block them oh, on oh yeah you block them on one account they come back to the next one and they say well i'm just gonna block i'm gonna uh, report this account and they report your post they block or they they report your account and so anybody that is jealous of you whether it's a a woman that it, it's just like it's total reflections on themselves when they make these comments that you haven't earned you haven't, mm -hmm. you haven't you don't know this person so like why are you talking shit like no almost nobody talks shit to me but if i held myself out nude it would be a different story but i think a lot of times it's, it, it would be like you don't get a lot of really bad comments because your inner reflection is very nice i think you all you you come from a very good place obviously to be able to do because some people can get naked and they come from the ego they come from the cocky place the the unsettled darkness within them needs to project outward and they are sexy, but they're coming from the wrong place. You know what I mean? Like you're not coming mm. from that place. And so you, you don't attract as much of that because you're not coming from that space of um, division. You're yes, I'm nude. Yes, I'm fabulous, but I'm coming from a space of oneness and love and truth. Mm. You know what I mean? Thank you for that. Yeah, totally. Totally. I'm getting what you're saying. And I appreciate that. Uh, that's, I, I would like to think that that's how I'm showing up. Um, and, and it's, it's nice to hear that. So thank you. Well, that's the thing too. You work for it, you know, like 
it's hard to do what you do and eat the healthy shit. I don't eat the healthy shit you eat. I'm blessed to be skinny, but I don't look like you. I can't take my shirt off as a guy. You know, I'm not a guy equivalent to you. And make no mistake about it, you've, you've, you've worked for what you've got because we've, if you listen to the other podcast, there's an evolution. You, you, you went from a, 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 a poor eating, you know, grew, grew up forced to eat, you know, frozen dinners to, you know, bodybuilder, mm-hmm. coach to, you know, what you are now. So there's levels to this stuff. And I got to wrap it up because I can just keep talking to you. So the book. <laughs> Thank you, Garrett. Safe <laughs> Travels. Uh, follow Kelly if you're into psychedelics, if you're into being free, if you're into um, all the things that I'm about, but in a female form and being realized instead of through memes, through actual, like this person is living the life that I talk about in a lot of ways. Now I'm living my mm-hmm. own version of it here. I'm on my own level of free, but there's sure. nudity is, it's, I'm telling you, nudity seems to be the top tier freedom. I'm going to end it with this. I had a, I, I, maybe this guy even listens to the podcast, John Michael. I don't know if you listen to this, John Michael, but this is about you. You're one of the freest motherfuckers I've ever met in my entire life. One day I was on Instagram, not Instagram, I was on Facebook. This is like five years ago. And this guy does the nude stuff. Okay, it's one thing to go to a, it's one thing to go to a nude place and be nude with your nude friends. Now I was scrolling on Facebook. I was in a relationship at the time, and I'm scrolling, and there's this guy, spread eagle with his dick out on Facebook at this nude thing. I'm like, bro. I'm like, okay, bro. It's one thing to be in the nude thing with your nude friends. It's another thing to I have to see this shit on. Like, so that guy is next level free. Not only does he not give a shit about the nude people seeing him, he doesn't give a shit about being reported or being put in jail for crimes against sensing showing yourself. Next level freedom. So that's what I'm talking about. There are, there, there are people, and he's got dreads and everything else, man. He's really like whooped out. I mean, he was when I knew him. I don't know where he's at now in life. Hopefully he's uh, right where he needs to be. But thank you for being so free and being a, a beacon of light for women out there. Um, there's a lot of toxic culture out there for girls growing up these days. And I'm glad there's people like you fighting the good fight. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me on and giving me this avenue to speak freely about the shit I enjoy. Likewise. Thanks for everything you do for floating. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, the float, uh, definitely is very happy and I can't wait till the world kind of gets back to normal on your side of the world and you can start floating like a normal person again. And maybe one day you're one of those people, Kelly, I'm telling you, I, I build a Rolodex in my mind of self-actualized or self-actualizing people who are doing the kind of work I'm doing. And I'm keeping those people. And if we ever do a franchise, if we ever want to do something like if like, I always think of like a, a network, oh, yeah. a, a network of like conscious people of maybe entertainment or something in the future. So you're one of those people I call like a draft pick of my, of, of, of my, of my consciousness <laughs> uh, movement. So you're right up there. You and you and uh, I won't say his name, but you and your significant other, uh, if you ever want to come to Florida, to Florida and float and I'll show you uh, the next level of floating. Oh yeah. What an honor. Thank you for that. <laughs> all right you're great thank you kelly well i guess that's it for us tonight i'm gonna uh end the podcast now but i'm gonna stop the recording and i'm gonna say goodbye to you offline so hang tight guys thanks again for listening all right hold on one second here 
All right. Bye-bye, podcast bye. listeners. Oh, thank you, Patreon. I'll talk bye. about the Patreon. Yep, thanks, Kelly. I'll talk about the Patreon stuff uh, off the recording as well. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Okay, good night. You are enlightened. Bye.